0: Top bins, top tier commentary, top drawer, upper ninety. You already down. know. <laughs> you already know. It? I think that's we, how it we always went goes. Like for like
1: Forty-five used, like, minutes, and we're at like shelter. <laughs> what about- are we doing?
0: Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt and we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today.
1: Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Welcome back to Top Bins, the show, bringing all the action from England and Italy, the Premier League and Serie A. I'm your host, Matt, joined by my co-host, Dom. Dom, how are you this afternoon? Oh, it's a great Friday. It's an absolutely wonderful Friday.
0: Uh, you know, work week's done. The weather could be a little bit nicer here. I don't know how it is down in Vineland right now. but uh, uh, Cloudy. Uh uh it's, it's raining up here right now so <laughs> uh aside, you know could be happier with my football team but you know
1: beggars can't be choosers uh you certainly are begging that's for sure <laughs> uh, let's start in italy shall we because uh the league title at least has finally been settled although realistically we've known since probably about Late January, the Napoli were going to win this title. It's more a question of when, not if. And they did have a slight little bump, right? They, uh, they kind of cleared the schedule this past weekend, hoping that they would uh, have the opportunity to clinch it, and they were not able to over Salernitana. So they had to wait uh, to play Udinese on Thursday evening to actually clinch their third Serie A title. And it was a draw over Udinese. Even that, you know, it was not, a, it was not the most spectacular title winning situation. Right. Um, it, I just think it's funny, you know, Napoli that have been so dominant, um, you know, that it kind of just goes uh, with, with a little draw and and I'm not going to say it's a whimper or anything, but Let, it, look, it was not the most impressive way to win your, your title here.
0: Look, they have nothing else to really play for, right? They don't have a Copa. They don't have they don't have a champions league so you know they know that they're going to win this eventually so they're on cruise control you know credit to them they were they were just waiting for the right moment yeah man may have not been the most spectacular of win or, or of title wins you know compared to the way milan completely sold out Sassuolo stadium them, themselves well
1: not and- believe i don't know <laughs> if you saw the the post but the it was a very Napoli. No, no, it was
0: there. But then, but then I'm talking about, you didn't let me finish. Let me finish. You sell out the, the, the away stadium and you, you convincingly win. So, you know, it, it, beggars can't be choosers though. You're talking about your third Serie A title. Uh, it, you know, it, the, the streets of Napoli, Napoli are, are electric you know right now well,
1: so electric in some bad ways too um there was a person killed uh, although the mayor said that uh or, or the police chief the equivalent of a police chief said that uh they believe it was like unrelated completely that it was just like a murder that was done at the time to, you know, knowing that there was a lot of chaos and a lot of, uh, Oh, so, it was, distraction. Absolute, so it was a murder. It wasn't just like, uh, a... no, yeah. Someone was shot and killed and they think it was a, a mafia related thing. Although someone was also apparently hit by a car and is in critical, there are some injuries, uh, you know, so hopefully everyone is, is celebrating a little more safely today and through the weekend, um, and for the next few weeks, because don't want that happening. Yeah,
0: knowing how passionate they are, and, and 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 knowing what Philadelphia was like when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, I I could only I could only imagine what's going on right there.
1: Yeah, people treated for smoke inhalation because of all the the uh, the smoke bombs and fireworks going off. People losing some fingers, I think, to some fireworks. So you know, let's, <laughs> let's be a little more responsible, huh? Let's be a little more responsible. But shout out to Napoli. Yeah. You know, they've had such a, a dominant run this season. They um, deserve it. It's. It's strange they've cooled off in recent weeks. And we talked a little bit too about, obviously, like you mentioned, they don't have really anything else to play for, no Champions League. They're not in the Copa Italia final. Um, And I think part of it was because of how dominant they have been in the league. There is just something to the fact that it's hard when you don't have that other competition to kind of push you, uh, even if you don't intend it, right? I'm not saying these guys took their foot off the gas, but I think it's hard when you're not being pushed every week and you have that comfy advantage. That atmosphere and that sort of tension is just hard to manufacture if it's not actually being presented towards you. And there's a reason, right? Like if you look at a lot of like high-profile athletic events, there's a reason that it feels like you get your best at the biggest moments. There's a reason that you know the the new world records are sent at the Olympics all the time, right? Because you're yeah. you're doing the, you're doing it against the best competition in the highest stage and the highest stakes. And I think maybe Napoli um, you had that issue this year where. You know, they weren't really being pressed very hard in the league, uh, you know, especially at, at the critical juncture, and, and maybe that's why. But all that said, they've had a fantastic year. Victor Ossiman, um, fantastic individual season. I think the question is going to be, can they continue this? Because the last few Scudetto winners in Italy have not really had a, an amazing second season. You know, Milan are set to perhaps have one of the worst uh, defending champion seasons uh, ever, which is sounds worse than it actually is, but, you know, that they, they could finish outside of the top four, right? You know, Juventus have not really, uh, obviously, threatened uh, since their title uh, a few years ago. We kind of expected maybe Inter to kick on a little bit. It felt like maybe the beginning of an era, and it feels much more like that was actually sort of a blip rather than a, you know, more statistical anomaly, more than anything more significant than that. Although, you know, Inter could, as we talked about, have a really fantastic season. So could Milan, of course. Even Juventus, I think, would uh, consider a Copa Italian, a Europa League, uh, a pretty pretty nice crown. But, you know, the, those teams in Italy have not been as dominant as maybe you would expect. So it's hard for me to say Napoli will be back at the stage definitively next year, especially when you have someone like Mint's future up and down, Kim and jay even, uh, Kevada Skelia, who really knows, right? Like, I, I do think there are question marks as we return next year for Napoli.
0: You know, seeing how the season went on, you could definitely see there was a lot less parity between Napoli and the rest of like the field. And, and, you know, Syria, if Napoli didn't get off to such a hot start, Syria would be one of the hottest, most competitive leagues right now when it comes to a title race. Like if we're even talking about the title or, or the champions league spots for two through four, like Lazio only has a two game lead on seventh place. Like, so you know, a lot can still change within these next few like match weeks. Uh, it's, it's going to be very interesting seeing who could be in, you know, two through four. Milan plays Lazio this weekend, so uh, you know, there could be a surprise shakeup in the standings and make a lot, a lot of things, uh, a lot closer. Juventus getting those 15 points back, like it, it makes things. It, it makes fans of Inter, Atalanta, Milan, Roma kind of like tense up a little bit because now they're back in the fray and they, and they've been not the hottest team, but they got a win this week. So, yeah. I mean,
1: it, it is, it is good for, for Napoli, of course, too, because obviously you're guaranteed champions league uh, football mm-hmm. with, 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 this win, they'll go into pot one, which is big as well. Uh, definitely gives you a little bit of an advantage. You know, we talked about them as potential, maybe dark horses for the champions league this year didn't work out, but you know you hope that maybe next season you build on that performance if there's a place that you're looking ahead towards building that is i think where building off of their their pretty
0: good success in the champions league this year anyway i don't think people thought of them to get this far until you know they were so hot in italy and they were so hot in europe you know in the group stage they did get some pretty big wins so uh you know they, 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 that's where they build, and I think that their success in the Champions League this year is what kept them so consistent in the league. They were confident, and when they saw that they were running away with it in the league, they knew that they were going to put good performances out there, and they just focused on Europe. So, like making the right additions to the squad, which I really feel that Napoli could do. I mean, look at the signings they brought in this year: Kim In-Jay and J and and those two guys were brought in on bargains, and they helped like spearhead this team to to this Scudetto. So. I mean, where can Napoli go? Just focus on Champions League, really.
1: I do think they'll they'll regret too that Victor Osimhen got injured at just a really tough time mm-hmm. this season. Didn't have him for point. that Milan uh, Champions League tie. You know, Milan were good in that tie, and and they've shown that they clearly even even before those three games. You know, they had a, a really good game against them earlier in the season. You know, Milan mm-hmm. have given them trouble, and Milan are, are rarely a club outside of like Lazio that you know where they they don't have typically are very competitive with, with the top yeah. teams in Italy. They're, they're not a team that very often get run over. Um, you know, and I, I do think, you know, maybe again, the, the look back with some regret that Ossiman was missing time at just maybe a, a really pivotal point where this season could have... Now, it's it's great, of course, you know, it breaks a 33-year drought and they they fully earned that, but maybe it could have been a little bit more. But like you said, too, like, even just making the Champions League quarterfinal for Napoli is big uh, they're mm-hmm. not a team that has like history with uh european competition um so to even be at that stage to have won their group and they had a very challenging group i you know there, there's a lot to take away so uh, they they deserve to celebrate but um you know there's obviously big questions on on how you build on this going forward in italy when a lot of teams have not been able to really capitalize on title winning success it's mm-hmm. gonna be very interesting to see who does win the title next year because already i am thinking ahead there's there's five teams that i think theoretically depending on how the summer goes could be right i, I think outside of atalanta you could convince me anyone wins the title um and, and i would believe it even is right. like a yep. potential dark horse i, mm-hmm. I don't know but I, I would have to see it to believe it but honestly if you told me napoli lazio juventus inter milan one and even roma as as a potential roma has right a, depending yeah depending on their transfer, it's, it's all dependent on the summer, right. And what these teams do, but any, any of those teams, I I think genuinely could, uh, could win the title next year. So I I am looking forward to, to seeing um, how that progresses.
0: I mean, there are big opportunities for teams like Milan and Inter to still get a lot of extra money for their transfer budget this summer with how, with, you know, barring the success of the each team in the champions league, you know, there's obviously a bonus that that will come with getting to the final Uh, and then if you win the final think about that that'll bring a lot of uh a lot of prestige to the club have players want to sign and come play in italy uh which is good for syria just as a whole whoever ends up doing both the champions league and and you know decides to be competitive uh in the league it's interesting because a lot of teams don't get a lot of money for their transfer budgets teams like napoli and lazio can't capitalize on on the highest market uh, value players all the time, like a Juventus, like a Inter can do. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where the funds are and 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 how they're allocated amongst you know the top seven teams.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit too about you know the the top six in Italy. Obviously Napoli are going to be in the Champions League next year. We know that, uh, but there you know there's there's still a lot to be settled in the uh, the last few weeks here. It's gonna be in interesting. Syria and this weekend, by the way, is. Absolutely, box office. It's, uh-huh. it's unbelievable the, the the top games that we have. Um, got Milan, Lazio, Roma versus Inter, Atalanta versus Juventus, Napoli versus Fiorentina, which would have been really fun too if Napoli had not secured the title by this point, because famously, this was a team that they stumbled against when they were uh, dueling with Juventus you know, five, six mm-hmm. years ago. Um, sort of the reason they didn't already have their this could have been their fourth that so if, if you know things were a little different but you know all of those teams have a lot to play for you also have Atalanta to, to consider now because they've been on a late season surge um they've looked a, a little bit like more their their typical selves over the last few years a team like inter has really turned it on offensively Lautaro martinez just seemed to to find his uh, his good vein of form even Lukaku's worked his way back on the team looks healthy for the first time this year doesn't look he looked really fatigued and like beleaguered a lot this year. He did not look like his, his normal, not that he's like a fluid player, but he's always looked, uh, you know, he, he looks a little more fit now than he has at any point this season. And, you know, it's a good time for, if it's a good time to be peaking if you're Inter Milan, but yeah. all these clubs have have a lot depending on this weekend and the next few weeks in, uh, in Syria.
0: Uh, it's funny. You talk about a Lukaku. Uh, uh, yesterday was a, jersey day for spirit week at my school i wore a milan jersey and uh one of my old students came into my room he's not the biggest soccer fan but he was like yo uh i should have worn my jersey my uh my lukaku jersey (laughs) and i'm like i'm like you're what he's like yeah i got a i got a lukaku jersey yeah he's good right
1: i was like yeah you're a couple years too late on that one (laughs) like sorta i think the question the answer is sorta (laughs) yeah you know like yeah uh this is what i want for for
0: this weekend uh i love obviously a milan win i wouldn't mind a Roma win because milan still has the head-to-head on them uh so definitely have inter lose uh i'd like a draw versus atalanta and juventus um don't need juventus you know increasing that gap or keeping that same point gap uh Napoli Fiorentina it really doesn't matter there. I mean Fiorentina could win and we'd all like to see their success so.
1: Yeah. So and I I was just looking to at the remaining fixtures just for the rest of the season uh you what know for, the other big for both teams? for both leagues but here here who has the easiest this is according to uh, to the stats um who's the easiest run in in Italy at least of the top 6 teams Milan have the easiest uh, by PowerPoint, and we talked about this, right? Because they, <laughs> if you could not have... For them. Right, yeah, sure, but you could not have handpicked really an easier schedule for them. They play three of the yes. bottom four. They have a lot of good... Lazio also have the second easiest run-in. Um, and Lazio, you know, it's not guaranteed, right? But they are already in a very good position to qualify mm-hmm. for the Champions League, uh, which would be a big accomplishment. For them you know they've only been at it twice in the last 15 years so uh, you know it, it would be a, a really really uh, nice thing to to do if, if you're lazio right and and sort of raise the profile i think murcio sorry what he's done probably a little under the radar i i think for lazio like how good they've been this year um and that if they could have a napoli-esque kind of leap next season that is not out of the question for me the hardest Inter, actually, have the hardest run-in. They, they do have a very, very challenging schedule. You also add in the fact that they had the Champions League semifinal to worry about. Um, I, I think you can get a little concerned if you're Inter uh, just because that is a, a brutal schedule. Fiorentina actually have the second hardest run-in. Everyone else is sort of in the middle, um, but it is interesting that you have three teams in the top six with either the hardest or the two easiest <laughs> run-ins, and then everyone else is sort of sprinkled in. Um, you know, in, in the middle of the bell curve, if you will. Um, for this weekend, you're, like I said, we've got Milan versus Lazio. Milan, you know, destroyed by Lazio earlier this season. It was, it was a, sort of a, a coming out party, I think, for Lazio. That was during a stretch of a lot of 4-0s for them. Mm-hmm. They've had that scoreline quite a few times this season. Roma versus Inter, I think two teams that are, at least in the last, like, two weeks, have been moving in a little bit of opposite directions, and that Roma seem to be getting unlucky and, and can't find their way, whereas Inter are pulling off big comebacks against Lazio and, you know, are, are clearly, um, you know, finding some good form. Atalanta versus Juventus, you know, Juventus struggling, you know, especially since getting that those 15 points back. Atalanta seems to have a, a fire lit under them. Um, you know, those, those are the big ones, I, I think, to watch, and it will set kind of the tone for the last few match weeks too.
0: Man, I, I'm looking at this Milan uh, end-of-season schedule, and, yeah, there's Spezia, and Hellas Verona left. I, they draw Carmen I can't like, but, but, you know, they play, they play two Milan derbies in a span of six days. That's such a crucial point in the season. Like you've got to win both. You just have to win both, you, you know, because if, if, if Champions League isn't there for Milan in the league, they just have to go all the way and win it if they want to be in the competition next year. So it, it's, it's do or die in both aspects, and I hate that. I hate Has it so hit much. hit you
1: yet the the magnitude? Because I can't imagine having to play say Manchester United at a Champions League semifinal, or or obvious. I really can't imagine ever playing in Everton. There, right? No, I
0: haven't thought about
1: it yet. But as but, it
0: gets closer and closer and closer, yeah, I'm starting to.
1: <laughs> you know, I can remember you know as as a much younger man. Uh, a boy even playing Chelsea in the Champions League and the way that that felt you know like it's it's anxiety and it's it it takes up a level when it is a a team that you are aware of domestically and especially when it is I mean Inter and Milan that's that's one of the biggest rivalries in all of European football you know not not even just within Italy I think it's one of the most recognizable fixtures so it seems as of
0: recent like Inter has had the better of Milan as well like like, it just seems like Marcelo Brozovic always knows how to play his top game against Milan. Hakan Hanoglu always has a chip on his shoulder, something to prove when he plays against them. So, like, and, and guys like Matteo Darmian always seem to just get plus 10 to all their attributes when 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 he plays against Milan. So, like, it, it, it really, really bothers me. And having that smack dab in the middle of a run in the season, it, it, it's so annoying. But they've got to win them. They have to win them.
1: Yeah, so here's, here's the last few Inter versus Milan uh, fixtures across all competitions. Uh, it was a 1-0 win for Inter uh, in early February over Milan in the league. Uh, they had also beaten Milan 3-0 in the Supercopa mm-hmm. in, uh, in mid-January. Milan did have that early season. I remember this game. Crazy win, uh, 3-2 early in September. Uh, when we were still thinking that there's going to be a Milan versus Inter title dash yet again, mm-hmm. um, going back to last year, Inter uh, won three 0 against Milan in the Coppa Italia. Um, you know, it's been it's been pretty split. I you know, it's it's honestly a, a very even matchup over over the the last few years, especially um, sort of like each team take. I think it's just speaks to both of these teams have been on pretty good spells over the last few years you know both yeah. of them have won a title within the last three seasons and you know that that's not often but i i am curious to see uh you know how that sort of will shape the the rest of the season for both clubs because like you said it is it is incredibly important for both of them to to be in the champions league next year i think it's more important for inter actually like in terms of like a real financial situation milano would be tougher for them but I think Inter really, really, really need to be in the Champions League. Yeah, there's a lot of financial questions about Inter Milan that, that are, are uh, in the balance. So I, I think it's actually, if you're talking about the future of the club, maybe a little more important uh, that they actually get it there. I saw this piece of news. Too funny to pass up to at least not give a, a, a mention. Armando Izzo charged and sentenced to five years for match fixing. This is going back to his time in Serie B. Um in 2014, I believe, uh, still an appeal process to come. So it's not a, a guarantee that he'll actually serve this time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I a man on the Monza payroll. Being, a Berlusconi
0: uh, boy, let's get it. <laughs> and he's already,
1: he had already faced a ban for this uh, within like, like, a, you know, sporting sense, but this is a, a criminal offense. So, and he, he served that ban years ago. So, I I am curious to see, you know, what this appeal looks like. It's just, I mean, come on, you know, this is.
0: Well, he plays defense like
1: a criminal too, so. <laughs> I, I just, fits. you know, you, you like to avoid <laughs> the stereotypes as much as you can, but sometimes it just, it writes itself. I mean, come on, this is, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable stuff. Oh my goodness. So, was, he ma- was he match fixing his own matches? Yeah, it, that's the way it seemed is that uh, he was involved in some way. Um, again, this is, this happened almost a Crazy. decade ago when he was in Terry B, but. Uh, yeah. He listen. No statute <laughs> limitations, I guess. You know, like, what are you gonna do, Don, We did this section or this this uh, what do you call this? What do you call this? Segment. Segment. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Dom. That's the uh, that's a geometry teacher in you. Uh, speaking about <laughs> segments. Totally line, different segments. type of
0: segment.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. A man who needs a better PR team. We did it for Ali Watkins a few weeks ago, and I'm sorry to say that Ali Watkins cooled off uh, after that. So I'm really <laughs> sorry to Ali Watkins and anyone, depending on him, for goal scoring. But, you know, I'm going to tempt fate again, talk about another guy that really, I just, I think needs a little more love, needs a little more attention, looking into Syria, Dom, we'll do the same exercise like we did last time. You know, who's had a good season in Serie A, specifically a goal scorer, like just stroke? Just Throw the names at me. Throw the names of the season, the guys that have played so well this year that we just can't stop talking
0: about. you us gonna say Victor Osiman, right? Of course, it's a, a darling. The, um, the
1: darling of Europe, Victor Osimen. Of course, great. Are we? Scorer.
0: Are we? Are we talking just uh, uh, forwards and wingers in this case?
1: We're talking a forward. Yeah.
0: Okay. So he so, can
1: play as a, as a little bit on the wing, but you know, so he's, he's uh, you know, you can
0: say four. like Rafael Leao, Pedro. Oh, of yeah. um let's see uh Latar martinez sure absolutely uh, uh immobile who was in a car accident so he's not scoring too much anymore um uh, uh de la Feu,
1: sure absolutely uh, dom i would just like to say I love I love the names that you've thrown out here, right? Um, and and I, I love I love where your heads at, and you love this team. You have a tendency to love Salernitana. I don't I don't know what it is, but you, you have t-
0: okay Matsuki.
1: No, Koso. Uh, oh, and who's striker? And and oh that and and here's my point, Dom. This guy needs better PR. We need to do work for Boala Idea. Uh, yeah, play. you know
0: what? Yes, you yes, we do. Now that now that you remind me who they're stri- – cuz when I think of Dia, I still think of him in the Premier League. I completely forget that he's in Serie A playing for Salernitana. And when I watched the Milan game against Salernitana, I always held my breath when he had the ball because he was electric. The, the guy is talented.
1: Dom, he has 15 goals in the league this year. Only one of those coming from the penalty spot. Uh, He has been so good. He's got six assists as well. If you talk about just goal involvements in general, this is a guy that has been getting it done for Salernitana. Without his goals, they would certainly be in the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked, uh, especially early in the season, about someone like Adamala Luckman, right, and how good he's been this year, right? He's outscored him so far. Um, he did have a, a hat-trick against Fiorentina, which, of course, helps along the way. But uh, he's outscoring Rafa, Rafa Liao, Kavard uh, Dabala, uh, Beto, who had a, a very hot start to the season, Chiro Mobley, you know my preseason pick to to be top scorer, like Dušan Vlahović, he's outscoring. Come on, I you know mm-hmm. give the guy his respect. He's only being outscored by Lautaro and Victor Osiman, who by the way just happen to be two of the most you know prolific strikers in all of Europe. It's it's not even just that they're great uh, within Syria. These these are two guys that I think any club in Europe would be interested in adding to their ranks. You're going to hear a lot mm-hmm. about Victor in this summer and probably even Lautaro Martinez as well. Um, so idea deserves a lot of love, a lot of respect, um, really kind of a, a breakout year for him. He's, he's 26 years old, right? So he's mm-hmm. not a, a young player finding its way, but we see this sometimes with guys, you know, might take them uh, the right situation, a, a good season in terms of maybe a little bit of variance bouncing their way, but 15 goals, if he could he could end the season at the 20 goal mark which is yeah. impressive.
0: That could get him a transfer to a bigger club as well. Okay. Wow, his... <laughs> hey, sometimes some of these Italian clubs, man, the bigger ones will just swoop right in and take take somebody. Well, he's and... technically
1: on loan from Villarreal, so uh we'll see uh we'll see what his future holds, but he has been a a lifeline for for Solonitana for sure this season. Yeah. No, he's been great for them. I, you know, and like we, like we said, just hit us up, hit us up with the PR squad. We will, we will, we will do it for you. We will take care of all this for you. But <laughs> make sure that everyone knows the name Dia. Let's move to England, shall we? Manchester City won their eighth straight takeover possession of the top spot in the Premier League. It is, it already was theirs to lose, but now it feels, you know, you see the, the, the graphic, you know, during the game or like as the, <laughs> the table as it stands. And now they sit at the top and, um, you know, I, I have noticed that the, the world seems to have been a little more back to balance now that Manchester City is back a, upon their perch, teams seems, uh, oh my it's just God. where they've occupied a ton of time and space over the last few years. What, what else is there to say? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say it felt inevitable necessarily, because there was definitely a moment I really felt like Arsenal were going to win this title, uh, but they've they've crumbled away in the last few weeks. Um, a lot by their own design. And now Manchester City are setting their sights on it. Erling Haaland gets his 35th goal. You know, he's just racking up the records and the goals. And I mean, come on, he's just a, an absolute robot. I, I remember tweeting a few years ago that uh, there's something very made in the secret lab about Erling Haaland. I still feel that exact same way. Uh, this is when he was breaking out at uh, Salzburg and I had firsthand like opportunity to watch him because i remember liverpool in the same champions league group uh, uh that year and he actually scored against liverpool and i he's just amazing you know like i think we can all remember too like i, I think a year or two before that he had scored like was it like eight or nine goals in mm-hmm. uh like one of the u20 world cup thing like he has just like had these this this knack for scoring tons and tons of goals and being a, a spectacular player um and it has been in some ways, fun, but in some ways terrifying to watch him uh, do that for Manchester City in the Premier League. You could
0: you could tell from a young age that, like, I mean, hell, he is young, but uh, when you know, like, when his his time at Salzburg, like you said, like you could tell, like, this kid is special. Something about him is just like different. Uh, I don't know where his where his ceiling is to be honest with you, uh, but this is what happens when you have a Viking with thor running through his veins just like it's incredible just absolutely incredible player uh and shame on whoever questioned if he could actually do it in the premier league like shame on you yeah i mean
1: <laughs> hold on i would like to say just for the record because <laughs> we'll be doing this in a few weeks we'll be going after our preseason picks and yes yeah. I did, I did, I did, I did. You, you, I you did. The over-under was 24 and a half. I said under, but I will defend myself only by saying this. I had concerns about his health because he had had a really bad injury streak over the last year and a half with Dortmund. And that 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 was my only reason for picking that. Was like, I was just betting on a, a hip or a hamstring or something like that. I don't think I ever questioned his talent.
0: Camera the over, man. You were Can't right. The over.
1: Dom, you were right. I was wrong. There you go. I that's think that's a, that's I a think rare. That's, this is a
0: rare time, ladies and gentlemen. I think, listen. I think
1: that's what you wanted to hear, so I'm going to let you hear. It. I'll even say it. <laughs> you were right, and I was wrong. Okay. Listen. You were right now, this is a
0: special episode of Top Bins Pod
1: today because Matt admitted that I was correct with something. I first of all, I will give you credit when you when you when you deserve credit when you say something right. Okay. So let's let's come on. Let me I'm bask gracious. in this moment. All <laughs> right. You did. You listen. You got it right. I was wrong. <laughs> So shout out to uh, to Manchester City, although I don't really mean it. Spurs, yeah, you know, you know what? Uh, check it off your bingo board.
0: All right, uh, I'm mentioning FIFA. Uh, we're talking about the top team in England as the Premier League team of the season promo just came out. They they made Holland just absolutely stupid, like full sprint speed, full finishing. They gave him a five star weak foot, four star skills, just absolutely incredible i mean and and it's it's credit to what he's been doing this this season with manchester city he's given them the number nine that they've been looking for and kevin de bruyne is a happier man because of it it's just psh, crazy
1: hey you know what the great news is he's only 22 you know? <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well you know it, it's crazy to think that our kids when they grow up are going to be having the Holland mbappe debate as, like, we had the Messi-Ronaldo debate. It, it just seems like it's going in that trend.
1: I do, um, and this is, like, putting, like, this is this is way early, but I, I do wonder, like, how, seeing Holland do this does make you think about where he might end up on that list. It is way too early to say that. I'm not going to say that he's going to be better than Messi-Ronaldo or whatever, but, like, what he's doing is, like, pretty special and, uh, and uh, unprecedented, at least in the Premier League. And, you know, especially again, listen, the triple's on for Manchester City. There's no better way to be immortalized than to win a treble. There, there's not many teams that do it. You know, it's it's really, it's usually a once in a generation thing. You know, in our lifetime, we've seen a, a few of them uh, specifically to like Inter in 2010 and then Byron in 2013. So, but, like, it's really not something that happens often. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we haven't had one, again, since those teams. It's, it's not inconceivable that, that we could this year have the same thing. Um, and, I mean, if you're talking about leading the, the line on that, that's, that's something very, very impressive. So, mm-hmm. um, moving on, Spurs. Go 3-0 down (laughs) after 15 minutes to Liverpool. And then we saw both sides of both teams in this game. Spurs, their ability to collapse and just look absolutely terrible within the first 20 minutes and look like the game's over. And Liverpool, we've seen them kind of return back to their previous form where, yes, they can put teams down 3-0 after 15 minutes. That has not been something we've seen out of them enough this year. And then also we saw Spurs in their second half kind of make a comeback and you know, build some momentum in Liverpool look clueless defensively and just completely lose grip of the game. And then Spurs get an equalizer in the stoppage time. And Richarlison takes his shirt off and Diogo Jota goes the other way a minute later and makes it 4-3. And we all leave, I think, a little bit happier. Spurs are going to Spurs. (laughs) Just an unbelievable, unbelievable bad break for Spurs, who just, (laughs) I, I think, can't wait for the season to be over. And, I do think this is an interesting talk about as well, because Harry Kane, by the way, has had an unbelievable season. Mm -hmm. He's got 25 goals uh, in the league. And, uh, you know, it it hasn't been like his big assist numbers like we're used to over the last few years. But, you know, he's had a really prolific season, almost quietly too. You know, and and I I do wonder about his future. Um, You know, we know that he obviously tried leaving uh, Spurs a few, was that not this past summer, the summer before he tried forcing a move was not successful in doing so. I do wonder if this is a summer that he starts to really consider that, especially since it looks like Spurs uh, are going to be finishing outside the Champions League places, might not be in Europe at all, uh, depending on sort of how the last few weeks shake up. I don't want to do like, that is the question. I think there are two destinations in my mind that could be realistic. And one has been rumored for like maybe two or three years. United, right? No. Although that is, those are the that's the other of the two. The other one that I i I've, you hear rumors about, and it just seems unlikely. But then you're like, I don't know, you know, they, they certainly could. Bayern Munich, you know, they they need a number nine, and this has not been the first time that he's been linked there. It's 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 happened a few times over the last few years. The reason I I really give it any sort of credence, you know, I don't know what it would cost. I would imagine Daniel Levy would be happier to sell him abroad than he would within England, right? um there's been rumors too about yeah. Real Madrid I'm not sure I see that because you still have Benzema and I you know there's really I I don't know that you that can't play those two happen. type of forwards together either so right so but Bayern I think would be a really nice fit for him I think he would fit in that team very well uh they certainly need he's not going to be am <laughs> so sorry uh, yeah. but you know yeah Manchester United is the other one of course who had definitely a need for a top striker um, so we'll see what happens with, with, with Spurs and Kane. And I, I do feel like this is a summer to reassess if I'm Harry Kane and, uh, see, do I want the premier league all-time scoring record, you know? And like, do I want to do that at Spurs and maybe not win a trophy, but have that immortalized and be a one club man, at least for like my more senior career. You know, I decided like the loans when I was younger, I, you know, I do wonder if there's that. Newcastle.
0: No shot. <laughs> Newcastle. They have they have oil money now, man.
1: Oh, of course it's, they do, and they don't have nearly enough. They don't have the two hundred million it would take for Daniel Levy to sell that sell Harry Kane to them. No shot. And that <sighs> that is out of out of character for the way that they have built uh, their squad. And by the way, Alexander Izak has been pretty good for them. You know, I, I think that's that's a man that they've they've already bet a lot of money on. That's um, true. I, I don't think you replace him within a year. I mean, of course, Harry Kane is an upgrade, but. I, I, I well, don't just given a
0: given a, giving a hot, take, as if, hot take As if the
1: sheer, the sheer yeah the, the, sheer you know what I mean like could it be more, uh, that, more stark? dark that would be
0: crazy just go go to go to Newcastle help them like challenge for a title against city like one year you know within you know three like the three years that Harry Kane would like be there for uh, they win a title and he has the goal scoring record and like all of these accolades come back to Newcastle and it would be even more like sheer. But yeah, that's in, that's in a fictitious world.
1: That is in a fictitious world. So we'll see what happens with him and Spurs this summer. Um, unclear too, like what's happening with management with him. You know, they've been trying to get Yulian Nagelsmann, who I think would be a great hire. I, you know, like I, that was someone I was kind of hoping in the post Klopp era. You know might be a uh, might be a, a guy for for Liverpool to be looking at because I, I really do think he's he's a very good manager um, let's talk about the bottom of the table we've talked enough about greatness today let's talk about the good old mud pit at the bottom of the Premier League baby because we got four teams now that I, I think uh, are are much closer to being relegated and and that I think you know that's not to say that you know I Four teams, because, not not including Southampton, because Southampton, in my mind, are down. I, I really don't see a path for them. They would have to – they'd have to pick up two wins at least over the, the, the next, uh, you know, four games. And even that, I don't see – really, they'd have to get, like, two wins and a draw mm-hmm. and a loss and, like, hope everyone else loses. Like, their path is just very, very hard. They, they're very much down for me. So, it's now – it's now Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham-Forest, and Everton. Leicester and Everton played. It was a 2-2 draw. Um, really doesn't help either team. Both of them really needed to get three points out of that. After uh, all, does not do a ton for them. It, it moved Leicester out of the relegation spots, which is it's nice for them, of course. But really, both of them needed three points. It was a classic six-pointer at this stage of the season. Um, I wanted to just talk about the run-ins because all of them have, have some challenges here. Uh, so Leicester have Fulham away, Liverpool at home, Newcastle away, and West Ham at home. Dom, just your gut feeling, how many points are they getting from Fulham away, Liverpool home, Newcastle away, and West Ham home? Four. Four points. That is, you know what? I think it's being generous, but I like it. Okay. Leeds have City away, Newcastle home, West Ham away, and Spurs home. And they have Sam Allardyce taking over after Javi Garcia was fired despite one point. Him. One point. For Leeds. Okay, Nottingham Forest have Southampton at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, Crystal Palace away on the final day of the season. Four. Four for Nottingham Forest. And Everton have Brighton away, Manchester City at home, Wolves away, and Bournemouth at home on the final day. One. Oof! Not much faith. (laughs) No, I don't
0: have much faith for them. Brighton will beat them. City will beat them. Wolves would beat them the way that they're playing right now. And that's why I think that the Bournemouth tie would be there. Or if it's a tie, it would be with Wolves and Bournemouth would beat them because Bournemouth is playing some decent football right now. So I I don't see much going on for Everton or Leeds.
1: So – with those results, Leeds and Everton and Southampton would all be going down, which I I don't think is if I really any of these you know again outside of Southampton any of these four I think could go down. That has been the feeling over the last like two months has been really there. There's a lot of teams that could go down, and some of them have done enough like West Ham and Bournemouth, like you mentioned, and Wolves to, to separate themselves from that pack. Um, but honestly, I, I I think any of Leicester, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Everton, and Southampton. Uh, could go down, and I, I not only would I not be shocked. I think it's deserving. I think they've all been terrible in their own kind of special and unique ways. And uh, you know, I am curious to see how the relegation battle is going to kind of shape up here, because you know, I just the I, I think Leeds have by far the hardest because City is 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 always going to be tough, no matter no matter who you are. But they're obviously trying to clinch a title, so they still have a lot to play for. You know Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs—all all pretty good teams. You know that that are are going to give you a, a tough game no matter what. Um, Everton have a, have a really tough stretch too. Brighton away, Manchester City at home. But then Wolves and Bournemouth, Bournemouth on the last day. You know they're safe. You might see it's it's always kind of a toss up between teams that are safe on the last day that are kind of comfortably mid table. Sometimes they roll over very easily. Sometimes they they have. They, had, they have nothing to not play for, you know, and I think play, you, there's a little bit of freedom in that and uh, you know are willing to maybe take risks and, uh, you know, go out there and give on a, a good performance. So it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the relegation uh, battle shapes up because really top four is kind of settled in England as well. There, there could obviously still be some shakeups, but, you know, teams like Newcastle United and Manchester United have done enough to qualify for next season's Champions League um you know we'll see if brighton maybe make a late run at that liverpool seem unlikely you know they, they'd have a, have to have a lot go their way to to find themselves in the top four so it seems like city arsenal newcastle and manchester united are going to be representing england in the champions league next year man what a, what a season <laughs> it has been in the premier league um you know technically i mean technically title race is still on you know we i think we've all mentally sort of checked out but uh Technically, Arsenal could still win the title. That is not inconceivable. Too. That would that would definitely be. I would love to twist. see that happen,
0: but you know, who, who knows?
1: Let's look at this I, weekend. I don't see it happening. Let's look ahead this weekend at the Premier League because we do have Arsenal chasing a title against Newcastle United. Um, that has given us some fireworks over the last few times I can remember last year uh, around this time Newcastle just absolutely dominating Arsenal uh, as part of their collapse outside of the top four race Um, fitting that that could happen again but this side this time really putting the nail in their coffin in the title race also got West Ham versus Manchester United feels like it's always a, a pretty interesting game as far as relegation you know battles looking at we've got Nottingham Forest versus Southampton. Nottingham Forest really need to be picking up three points from this game. It is really their, their best opportunity at getting a win uh, when you look at at the rest of their season. Um, it could do a lot to keep them safe. You got Leicester playing Fulham. Uh, that's obviously a, a tough match. And Everton against Brighton, like we highlighted as well, um, and Leeds against Manchester City. Uh, good luck. Bournemouth <laughs> could overtake uh, you know, Chelsea in the uh <laughs> in the uh in the table here love with a, with a win over the weekend. Um who would have had if you had told a Bournemouth fan at the beginning of the season they would have they, they have the potential to go above Chelsea um in like game week thirty four or thirty five.
0: Listen what place
1: do you think that a Bournemouth <laughs> fan is thinking that they're potentially <laughs> moving into? Probably like third, right? I mean
0: Oi We're go we're going to the Europa League. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, no way. Dude, and not only Bournemouth, but a win for Wolves this week against Villa could also do it. But uh, Villa's been in some decent form. Uh, Wolves as well, a little bit. Uh, Three wins in their last five. Uh, Same thing with Villa, though. Three wins with their last five. Uh, So if Chelsea lose, Bournemouth gets a win and Wolves gets a win, Chelsea could end up in 14th. 14th. I think it would be
1: hilarious if Chelsea get sucked <laughs> into a, a relegation battle. So I think that'd actually be really, would, really fun. I would absolutely love that. Uh, absolutely. So that's what we have to look forward to uh, this weekend. A lot of great games in Italy, like we highlighted already. I mean, it is. I, I think that is the place uh, for, for all your action this weekend. A lot of box office stuff there. We will be back next week to break it all down for you. Uh, also, some Champions League uh, you know, action we'll have had. You know, We'll have a, a little more answers on who might be headed towards the final um, in early June, but until then, keep it safe, keep it locked, keep it loaded. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) We'll see you next time.